0: When looking at the development of All Japan in the 1990s, you have to look at the development of the four golden pillars. And the golden path, as it's sometimes called. And those four, Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, and tawe were the best workers of their time, bar none. The only people I see as even coming close to them were probably Jushin Liger. Yeah, that's about the end of that list. The fact is, you had to build each of them separately. One had to build upon the other, had to build upon the other, and they could not take the same path, but they had to take a similar path. And while well, in the next few weeks I'll be talking about how Kobashi established himself as a part of that team, here we see how Kawada established himself firmly as a part of that team, rising above everyone else. Because a lot of times when we think of all Japan in the 90s, the only four we think about are those four. We forget there were tons of other people. People like Tamon Honda, Monokea Mossman, a little later though, Kikuchi, Ogawa, Fuchi, all of them were still there. So you had to raise up four people to be the focus of the promotion while still working with the foreigners like Hansen, like Williams. And how they did that is through matches like this. Misawa's First title defense of the Triple Crown against Toshiaki Kawada on October 21st, 1992. Now, what's interesting is if you look at this match, it is rather different than what we were seeing just three or four years later. But it starts off with Kawada making his mark when Misawa grabs a headlock and he gives a brutal head droppy back suplex. It's beautiful. Literally, it's one of the most beautiful versions of it I've ever seen. And I think you had to start like that. Because Misawa had just beaten Stan Hansen. Clean. Beautifully clean. KO-type clean. Which is massive, even for All Japan, which did almost nothing but clean finishes. And he instantly establishes that, at any moment, he can rise to Misawa's level. And that's what this entire match is about. But... They do something interesting. They make a choice that some would question. In the middle portion, because Kawada controls the first section and works on the arm and shoulder a lot. There's actually a great, relatively classic, grabs an arm bar and swings him around, puts him down, and then just drives the elbow point into the shoulder. But the back and forth, there are periods, of course, where Misawa gets some offense. But really, Kawada is dictating the ground-based portion of this match. And that's important because he is taking it to Misawa. And in essence, this is the reverse of the Misawa-Hansen match. Toshiki Kawada is forced to take the advantage he has and play it and grind out every bit of effect out of it. Because he knows he's going to have to withstand the assault from Misawa. And it's Beautiful. It's literally one of the most beautiful pieces of work you could ever see. But it's slow by today's standards. And it's more interesting, I think, in the view of how do you make things appear that can be built upon. Kawada Misawa, as a feud... There's only one better feud, in my opinion, in the history of professional wrestling, and that is Misawa Kobashi. But here, the nuggets that will continue on through their feud are planted. Kawada working his kick-based magic. The beauty, absolute beauty of Misawa's turns. How something as simple as him selling... In the corner, looking completely beaten, but then grabbing, putting, putting Kawada in the corner and then letting him have it. The kicks here are beautiful. The leg lariats, amazing. I mean, Misawa's leg lariats never get enough attention as far as I'm concerned. But this is not Misawa of 94-95. This is not Kawada of 94-95. This is youth Misawa. This is youth Kawada. And one of the reasons all that has to happen is because Kawada has to hang with Misawa to prove that he can be at that level. This is not a five-star match. This is probably a four, four four-and-a-half-star match somewhere in there. I think one of the beauties of this match is that when you look at it in the light of future matches between them, it becomes better. But sometimes, and then, of course, at the time, you don't have the benefit of hindsight. If someone were to start a television series that just reran all of the... uh, 1990s all japan you could tell a coherent story and attach things to it and see the little things that work that at the time maybe weren't as great but then when you reflect back through the next step and the next step and the next step work better that's what this match is and i think they knew that going in this was not only the start of the serious misawa kawada number one number two feud this was the start of misawa as champion misawa as focus because without that you lose everything at the later part of the decade. But I'm going to sort of also twist this. These two, at this point, are still teaming. And the next match we're going to look at actually is a match where they team up against Giant Baba and Kenta Kobashi, which is one of the most fascinating matches of the early 90s for a number of reasons. And it's a great match. It's the last great match Giant Baba had. Uh, There may be one or two six-mans that come close, but this one's amazing. But there's a story here that is being told. It is, though we are partners, we both know that at some point we are going to have to separate and fight for who is champion. Fight for who is the direction. Fight for who is the best. And that idea is very, very, very prominent here. It is obvious Kawada is trying to get to Misawa's level. And the right move here is to have Misawa win as he did. The two tiger suplexes in this one one is beautiful it's one of the best i've ever seen misawa throw the second one the one that actually led to the pin eh, it's better on impact but he doesn't hold it and it kind of seems it's not a botch definitely not but it's definitely not pretty in essence it is Shawn michaels when his best stuff was when he didn't hit the perfect super kick was when he hit what looked like a super kick that just worked like that that idea is important because if it looks like, well, this worked perfectly and it's clean and clear, that can work. But it doesn't get across the idea that at any moment a, a finish can happen, that anything can lead to it. Here, actually, there's a great point that I saw a blog somewhere make. We are seeing the face lock as a legitimate crowd-popping finish. Wow. Wow. That's weird. We didn't think of a face lock now as that. But the crowd at that point did, and they get hot. It's beautiful. The back and forth here is wonderful. The submission work is nice, but what's even better than all of it, even better than the big moves, is how they are reacting to each other's step-ups. Kawada hits a big move. Misawa reacts and tries to get a separation so that he can regroup, and he shows that. Kawada does the same thing. But the thing is, Kawada aches back a little bit faster. I love this match and looked at as a pair with the Hansen match. It really shows the transition where Misawa became the top guy and began to act more like the top guy. And with the next few matches, we're going gonna, gonna to talk about, you're going to see more of that. And I think that's going to be very important because that will power us into what I consider to be the golden age of all Japan. 1993. Through about 1996. And ultimately. Look at the feud that I consider to be the greatest tag team feud of all time. Oh second greatest. Midnight Express Earth Fantastics number one. (laughs) Sorry. But number two for sure. Is Misawa. Kobashi. Versus. Kawada and Tawei. And this feeds into that. This is in essence. That feud. writ small. Well stay tuned next time. For the big tag team match, the great giant Baba match, where I'm going to talk a lot about how Baba was giving these guys the rub and working really hard to do it and what it means when you are on the downswing. So stay tuned.